Word for You is presented by Grace Point Church in Lakewood, Ohio. We are located at the intersection of Warren and Alter and welcome you to visit us in person or online at gracepointlakewood.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-P-O-I-N-T-E-L-A-K-E-W-O-O-D dot com. Listen to podcasts of sermons from our pastor, Mike Bartolone, and various guest pastors. You will see that grace is always the point, and you are always welcome. your Bible, I want to talk about the great exchange. Say the great exchange. How many know an exchange is better than a change? Amen? Especially if it's a great exchange. I want to go to 2 Corinthians. I'm going to start. I, I don't have that on the list, John, but I'm going to 2 Corinthians 5.21 first. I'm going to pull that little thing out of the hat there. 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is really the whole scripture that got me excited about the great exchange. I wrote a whole bunch of stuff on it, but I want to read this to you first. 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, For he made him, for God, the he there, the first he is God, and the second him is Jesus. For he made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. I mean, that's incredible. Could you just thank God for that? I mean, just that alone. I could thank God for that all day and night. Amen? That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. For He made Him who knew no sin, that little phrase, to be sin for us. To be sin for us. I'm just reading the New King James today. No other version, so you don't have to get all mixed up. That he might become the righteousness of God in him. Now let's go to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. It's right after Philippians. Colossians 1, verse 19. I think the Bible is quite clear about the truth that we were once enemies of God. How many know that? Colossians 1.19 says, For it pleased the Father that in Christ all the fullness should dwell, and by Christ to reconcile all things to Himself by Christ, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of Christ's cross, His cross. Verse 19 and 20. Verse 21, And you, that's me, that's you, and you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now He has, Christ has, reconciled in the body of His flesh, Christ's flesh, through death 
to present you holy and blameless. You don't have to work for holiness in the new covenant. You don't have to work for holiness in the new covenant. You are automatically holy when you're born again. The only thing that stops you from knowing that is the thing between your two ears. Your belief. You know, it's all about our BS. It's all about our belief system. And a lot of us got a lot of BS that has to go down the drain. Flush it. Amen? In the body in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in Christ's sight. If indeed, he says, there's, there's, a, there's a little if there, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now let me just say one other thing. Last week, I had this all planned out. This was my sermon for last week. In regards to Marie preaching last week, I want you, God told me this week, He says, you have to study this two weeks before you can release it. I says, why is that, Lord? He says, you'll know when you release it. And I'm starting to get it now. So let's read a few more scriptures here. Verse 24, I now rejoice, He says, in my sufferings for you. For fill up within my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of His body, which is the church. Of which, he says, Paul says, I became a minister according to the stewardship from God which is given to me for you to fulfill the Word of God. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to His saints. Verse 27, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is in Christ in you. Where is it at? In Christ in you. Where is it at? In Christ in you. That's where the mystery is at. The hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That's in the Spirit now. Okay, you're not going to always get that on the outside. Okay, because a lot of people are a piece of work yet. I won't name names in this room. Perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I will also labor, striving according to His working, which works in me. Say, works in me mightily. Mightily. Let's go to another scripture just to help cinch up what I'm going to be sharing here in a few minutes. Romans chapter 5. It's my favorite book in the, in, in the book of Romans. Chapter 5 is my favorite chapter. Favorite. Loaded, chock full, loaded with good news. Say chock foot fulfilled, loaded with good news. Loaded with good news. How many like good news? You read your Bible, you'll get good news if you're in the New Covenant. You go in the Old Covenant, you'll get bad news. Because the New Covenant says it is done. The, new, the Old Covenant says you have to do it. And you ain't going to get it done. Because Jesus got it done for you. He did it all. 
Christ is the end of the law, Romans 10.4. Christ is the end of the law, Romans 10.4. Just memorize that one line. Christ is the end of the law. Just live on that for a little bit. Romans 5, verse 6. It says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God, say, but God. There's a lot of but gods in the New Covenant. But God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Paul's two favorite words in the whole, everything he writes, much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. The wrath is the wrath of God is gone from your life forever because of Jesus. You're not going to hear that a lot from a lot of believers. A lot of believers still think people have to suffer the wrath. It's not true. They're not reading their new covenant. They're mixing it up. They're putting a little mixture in there. A little salt and pepper, black and white. Old covenant, new covenant, trying to mix it up. Don't mix it up. Because if you preach grace and add law, you get one thing, law. You can't mix it. can't mix it. Everything in the new covenant is about one thing, the new covenant. It's an eternal covenant. It's a spirit covenant. It is powerful. It's an everlasting covenant. There's none other. There'll be none other after it. Verse 10, For if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. Here's Paul's two favorite words. What are they? Much more. Comma. Having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. You can read more about that reconciliation in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. But Colossians says we were enemies in our minds by wicked works. So this kind of thinking and status exists only in our minds. It is not real. It was all in our heads, so to speak. So God has never been the enemy of mankind. It was something we carried in our thoughts. And that's the problem with the world today. They're thinking wrong because they're in their own wicked ways. They can't see the truth. See, God has always worked to restore and deliver mankind from sin and its effects. He wants you free. God wants you free from all and every sin. And yet when we sin, our hearts condemn us. We become afraid of God. We actually judge God and determine that He must hate us for our wickedness. We assume how He must feel about the situation because we judge everything by how we feel. It's not how He feels. Yet God solved this problem by making peace with us through the cross. Colossians 1.20 Colossians 1.20 says, And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself by Him. I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, they've been reconciled by the power and the blood of His cross. See, when God solved the problem 
He poured the curse of the law. I'll say it again. I'll say it slower. I'm talking too fast. I'm starting to act like Charles Stanley. When God solved this problem, He poured the curse of the law upon Jesus, delivering us from the penalty of our sin. God did not, however, stop at merely delivering us from sin or wrath. His ultimate goal was to cause us to experience His love, His life, His acceptance, whereby we would enter into a meaningful relationship with Him. That's all God's about. God's all about relationship. Not religion. God's not into religion. The New Covenant is not religion theology. It's relational theology. You want to get people scared? Just talk about relationships. Most people can't handle relationships. But that's what God's all about. The book of Galatians clearly points in Galatians. Go to Galatians chapter 3. What is the most unpreached book of the Bible? I just told you to turn to the book. You could figure that out pretty easy by yourself, right? The most unpreached book of the Bible is the book of Galatians. Why do you think that is? Scares the heebie-jeebies out of the mixed covenant people. It does. Scares them. Because it doesn't, it doesn't justify the law at all. It reduces it to nothing. It has no value. Galatians 3, verse 10. When you say when you when you're there, say okay. Thank you. It says for as many, verse ten, three ten, Galatians three ten. We're going to read through verse fourteen. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. You, you know, it's real easy to get back under. You start judging somebody, you're under the law. Stay out from under the law. Because the Bible says law increases sin. You want to see a bunch of people in a group sin? Just preach law to them. They'll all increase in sin. Because whatever the Word says, they'll get. For as many as of the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law, to do them. So if you're going to observe the law, you have to follow it to every jot and tittle. That means you're going to have to give up pork for sure. If you're eating pork, you can't you can't be in the new covenant. I mean the old covenant. The old covenant, you can't eat you can't eat pork in the old covenant. I, I love that I went to a deliverance. This, there's a church in West Virginia called Deliverance Church. All they preach at this deliverance church is grace. The whole church is grace. It's just a little hole in the wall on top of a hill in Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. And they call themselves the deliverance church. You know what they're delivering everybody from? The law. I went to a conference there about five years ago, maybe ten years ago. And at the end of the service, the pastor says, Come on, we're all going to feed you. The conference is free. There's people there from all over the world. It's a little hole-in-the-wall church. It probably seats 300 people. They had 
the back end broke out with extra chairs and they had people standing outside to listen to the five or six guys who preached. But the pastor says, the conference is free and we feed you for free at every service. We're going to go downstairs. We want you to come and eat with us. We're going to break the law. Guess what they were serving? Any, any suggestions here? Ham. Ham, pork. We're going to break the law. I thought it was hilarious. I enjoyed it. Verse 11 says, But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God. Woo. So why go back to it? I don't get why people want to go back. When you've been set free, why go back? In this, it is evident... For the just shall live by how? Faith. Remember that word, faith. Yet the law is not a faith. But the man who does them shall live by them. So if it's not a faith, what is it by? Want me to get... What? Works. Yes. You got it. You got it. What is the biggest group of religious people in our world live by? Works righteousness. It's all done by works. Opposite. Total opposite of the Bible. Total opposite of the Word. And they think they're okay because their leaders say they're okay. The Bible says if the days the days we're living in weren't shortened, the very elect would be deceived. We're living in those days. We're here. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. If my Christ, my Jesus, redeemed me from the curse of the law, why would I want to go back and practice it? Having been kind of cursed for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. What was the tree? Cross. Do you realize that 95, maybe 96% of every believer is eating from the wrong tree. There's only two trees. tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Most Christians are still eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They have no idea. They're clueless. Clueless. They can't, even, they can't get away from it because they got terrorist preachers that are preaching to them every day. Terrorist preachers. I call them terrorists. Angry preachers. Angry. All they talk about is sin, death, and hell. I mean, it's like, that ain't good news. But Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, having become sin for us, to be sin for us, it says. The great exchange. So that we could be holy and blameless. And He gives us the gift of righteousness, it says in Romans 5, but we're not going back there. It says that the blessings, verse 14, of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. How many Gentiles we got in here today? Anybody else not a Gentile in here? Okay. Just so you know that 
Gentiles were never told to observe the law ever. Never. Never. The law was not written for the Gentiles. The law was written for the Jews. But now the Jews have only one way to get to God. John 14.6 even applies to them. They don't get another way. Let that sink in your head. I'm not going to get into it with that deal. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What a promise that is, church. What a promise that is. That the breast, what, not only do you in Christ get Christ, all the blessings of Christ, but you get all the blessings of Abraham too. Everything that God blessed Abraham are yours as well. Go study that out in Genesis. Freedom from wrath is only half of the work of the cross. See, the word reconciled has several very strong and positive meanings. One is the great exchange. When we were enemies were God, we were exchanged to God. Beyond dying for our sins, Jesus took our place in order that we might take His place. Wow. Wow. Let that sink in every day. In other words, He received what we were and what our lives deserved while we received what He deserved. John 10.10 says, the second half of that verse says, to have life more abundantly. How many like abundant life? Amen? See, God not only wants you healthy, but He wants you wealthy. You just can't think it. You've got a problem with your BS. How many know what your BS is? Belief system. That's right. Jesus came for two reasons. He just didn't come to set us free from sin. He also came to put us in the center of God's will so that we might receive all of God's blessings. God has always desired that man would have Christ's best. His best. And that was clearly demonstrated in the Garden of Eden. Adam was placed there in abundance and provision In the garden, there was no lack. In Christ, there is no lack. In Christ, I'm going to say this. You're not going to like it because Christians don't preach this. There's no suffering in Christ. He suffered for us. I don't suffer. You go read, just listen, just get on 103.3. You'll hear about suffering. Almost every other teacher will be telling you you're going to be suffering in Christ in these days. It's not biblical. It's not New Covenant. It's mixture. They're mixing it up. No lack. No suffering. No sickness. And there's no pain in the Garden of Eden. And throughout Bible history, you see God's desire to pour His blessings on mankind. And many of the patriarchs, like Jacob, like Abraham... And women and men were wealthy. They were so wealthy that the other people and the other guys of that nation, their nations 
were scared, were afraid of him because they came like a, you know, like they, they could block the sun from all the people that were around them. See, some of them would even considered, would be considered billionaires today by our standards. See, God from the beginning always wanted us to live in His provision and power. Always. I mean, we got, we got a couple of guys, you know, really powerful preachers like Kenneth Copeland. What does the body of Christ do to him? They, they slay him alive. Because the guy is wealthy. He owns 20 private jets. So what do they do with that? Oh, we've got to judge him. What do they do to Joel Osteen? They judge him like he's... And what, what happens when you judge? You put yourself under the law. You get back under the curse. You go back under the wrath. We don't get it. We're not called to judge. Judge that you not be judged, Matthew says. For whatever you measure out will come back to you seven times. Stop judging. Stop criticizing. Creflo Dollar, he's, he's a man of the new covenant. And he's being judged. He said God told him to buy a, a jet and take food to the poor in Africa. What did the Christian church do? Judge him. Called him every name under the sun. I tell you, man, we just when will we grow up? When will we get our belief system in line with the Word of God? When? That's my question. See, the law had a lot of good qualities based on obedience. For instance, you had to live a holy life before God to qualify so that you could be blessed. But the weakness of the law was the flesh. How many got flesh? We'll have an altar call if you, if you don't raise your hand. <laughs> Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. Romans 8. Verse 3. We'll start in 3. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. I mean, any person who ever tried to keep the law in the Old Covenant couldn't do it. Why did Jesus come? Because they couldn't do it. He came because they couldn't do it. Jesus fulfilled the law because man could not fulfill the law. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, and He condemned sin in the flesh. Man, oof. I say, thank you, Jesus. Can you say thank you, Jesus? That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For those who live to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is... is death. To be spiritually minded is life and... Peace, because the carnal mind is enmity, that's conflict against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. 
But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he's not his. And if Christ is in you, is he? Then the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and how many say amen, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Because the flesh was weak, man continually found himself in a position worthy of curses. And because the flesh was weak, man seldom found himself in a position to receive blessings. The entire law was based on the performance of all mankind. He had to perform. Do good? Get good. Sounds like the Cleveland Public Schools to me. Do good? Get good. Do bad? Good. In fact, it sounds like the world. Do good? Get good. Do bad? Get bad. You wonder why we have a hard time trying to walk in the Spirit. How much pressure, how much squeeze, be not squeezed by the thinking of the world. Don't be conformed to the image of the world. The only way you can fight it is in the Spirit. Your praise will be on my lips, Lord. Amen? That would solve a lot of problems. See, the new covenant, on the other hand, is based on the performance of one man. Not you. Not me. Performance of one man. His name is Christ Jesus. Jesus was the one who lived the sinless life. He was also the one who became sin by the resurrection. The entire new covenant depends on the complete work of the Lord Jesus. And we participate in that accomplished work in one way. By faith. By faith. By belief. By trust. Romans 5.11, it says, And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received. This is King James. You won't find it in any other translation. I'm giving it to you in the... Well, this is... Can you get King James, John? And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received atonement. That's what the King James says. See it? Look at now. He put up the... Just put up the King James for you. It's not reconciliation. It's atonement. The word atonement is almost the same word as reconciled in previous verses, and it means the same thing. In other words, in Jesus, we have the exchange. And it's, a, and it's effective. When is it effective when we die? No, it's effective right now. It's right here, right now. In other words, in Jesus, we have the exchange and it's effective now. The exchange will not go into effect at some future dispensational time. It went into effect when Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father. And we begin to participate in it. In the moment, we believe in it. When we say yes to Jesus. We are, I don't know about you, but when I got saved, I was clueless of what I got in Jesus. I was clueless. 
Now I'm 40-some years down the road and I'm still discovering things that are making me crazy. Crazy happy. Crazy happy. Because the word is home and as used in the Old Covenant is not found anywhere in the New Covenant. If you try to define it from the Old Covenant and bring it into the New Covenant, you messed it up. See, atonement in the Old Covenant, in the Old Language, means covering. We're going to cover His sins. We're going to put a covering over the sins. That's why the priest had to come once a year and do atonement and do the blood sacrifice because they had to cover the sins of the people. And the only thing the Old Testament believers received from the blood of the animals was a covering. You don't have a covering in Jesus. You have an exchange. An exchange that took your sin away from you and gave you His righteousness. Say, my sins are gone. Gone. Catch this. Not only the sins you committed last year, but the sins you're committing today and the sins you're going to commit tomorrow and all of the future sins are already done. Gone. They're gone. They're gone. You wonder why you swing from chandeliers. That's one reason. Right there. Amen? An exchange that took away your sins. See, your sins are not covered. They no longer exist. Just think about that for a minute. (laughs) Your sins are not covered they no longer exist. John, we don't need pictures today. Thank you. God is not pretending that they don't exist. They do not exist. They do not exist. You are righteous by the Lord Jesus. When Jesus was raised from the dead, He conquered sin and death. He did not conquer sin. Let me catch this. He did not conquer sin in general. He conquered your specific sin. And all of us have difference in how we sin. Thereby guarantee you a special victory over your specific sin. He was raised in newness of life. See, the quality of life that Jesus now has is the quality of life the Father has. And in Christ, we we receive the same quality of life as well. The Greek word used to describe quality of life in Jesus is one word, three little letters. It begins with a Z and ends with an E. Three letters. Begins with a Z, ends with an E. Zoe. That's quality of life in Christ. That's the Greek word. And this is a quality of life that is possessed by the one who gives it. Because Jesus received this quality of life from the Father, we receive it too. Remember, the inheritance He earned is the one we receive. Jesus earned it. How did He earn it? He died on the cross. It was not easy. He suffered and died. Why did He suffer and die? Because He was in the Old Covenant. He died on the cross in the Old Covenant because of the penalties, the curses, the wrath, the sins, all your sins, all your specific sins, all my sins, all everybody's sins of who's going to get saved this week and next week all over the world. All those sins. 
or in Jesus. And remember that. Because we have the quality of life that God has when we receive it in the Lord Jesus. And in the great exchange, we receive His righteousness. And that righteousness qualifies us to receive all the promises of God. Colossians 1.12 says, Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet. I think this one might be King James too. I'm not sure that's in the New King. It might be. Meet to the partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the life. The New International Version translates the word meet as qualified. There's a little book that I bought years ago. This is a little... See this little book here? Little. Little book. Little, little book. It says, He qualified you. Changed my life. I read this little book. I said, oh my gosh, Lord. How many like when the shades, when the light comes in the window? How many like when you get up in the morning and you pull the shade? In my case, we have blinds that start at the bottom and go up. So I have to go up to the middle and knock them down. But he's qualified you. In Jesus, we receive nothing from God on our own merit. Indeed, all the promises are received on the basis of the finished work of Jesus. Thus the scripture is fulfilled in 1 Corinthians 1, 29, no flesh shall glory or boast in his presence. Our confidence is not in our accomplishments, but in what Jesus did, in his accomplishments. We are qualified in him and by him, and we receive our inheritance by faith. And because we are in Jesus, we have his righteousness, and every promise of God ever made to anyone in the Bible is mine as well. Amen. Any promise. How many are there? Over 7,700. How many do you have memorized? Over 7,700 promises that are yours in the Bible. And because in Christ we are now free from works righteousness, we can do what Pastor Marie said this morning. We can rest in Jesus. With no fear or dread. If you're fighting fear, it's because you're watching too much TV. Shut it off. If you're fighting fear, you're listening to too much radio, too much social media. Shut it off. Move it from your eyes. Move it from your heart. Move it from your hearing. That's where fear is coming from. That's where it's at. Not only is it fear today, there's a spirit of dread. It's a spirit of dread. It's coming through the world. Furthermore, we are compelled to a life of worship and praise. Romans 4, 4 says, Now to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of that work says that God owes. Grace and faith say that God promised. Work says that I can get God to respond to me. Faith says in my response, I respond to what God has already done for me in Jesus. Work places the emphasis on what I have done Faith places the emphasis on what Jesus has done. See, work looks to our righteousness for qualification. Faith looks to Jesus. Jesus is righteousness for qualification. So the life we now live is the great exchange life. How many are in the great exchange life? Amen. Jesus.
Jesus received what we deserved, we receive what He deserved. Jesus was made to be my sin. I'm talking about me, my sin. And I was made to be His righteousness. He received the penalties that my sin deserved. And we're receiving the blessing that His righteousness deserves. Because He was rejected, I will never be rejected. Because He was chastised, I will have peace before God. By Him I have been exchanged to God. Ask God to give you the revelation of faith righteousness. Who you are in Christ. Don't trust your good works at any time. They're soiled. They belong with the other poopy diapers. Find your assurance in Christ Jesus, our one and only hope of glory. Apostle Paul, amongst other new covenant sons and daughters, found the secrets of God's power in faith righteousness, a message that still confuses the carnal minds of the world. If you're trying to get the world to understand you, you're wasting your time. The only one that can reveal Christ to them is the Holy Spirit. But if you live the life of holiness and blameless because you're a son of God. If you know you're a son of God, you're not going to sin. You're only going to sin when you walk in the flesh, of your own flesh. Remember, it's an exchange. He took out you and put himself in you. And his heat is living through you. Let me go to one more scripture and... Now there's a little bit more here, but I'll be done quick. I know Luke's already playing, so it must mean something. I'm not saying what it means. 2 Peter 1.4. I love this verse. It's one of my favorites, Brian. It says, By which we have been which by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Let me just let me just nip this in the bud right here, okay? You don't have an old nature anymore. When you were born again, it's gone. If you hear some teacher, some Bible teacher tell you something like that or you got to suffer for Jesus, they're in the wrong covenant. In the new covenant, you only have one nature. His divine nature. How could you have an old nature and still have the mind of Christ? Doesn't the Bible say we have the mind of Christ in the book of Philippians? We have the mind of Christ. We have divine nature. Get your BS all set up in Christ. You gotta stay in the Word. You gotta study your Word. You gotta pray. You gotta stay focused. So faith righteousness is the only way to know Jesus. It's the only way to know the power of his resurrection. And if anybody should be qualified, it should be Apostle Paul who writes three quarters of the New Testament. And he says in Philippians 3, 9, he says, I discount. He says, I discount, Paul said, all my works. I discount all my qualifications. I discount all my personal accomplishments so that... Christ might be found in me, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. Paul was a law man until he, in Acts chapter 9, was on the road to Damascus and 
God knocked him off his little donkey. You know? But that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, faith, righteousness, the great exchange, places Jesus at the very center of who we are and all we have and all we can do in God. Faith, righteousness is the heart of the message of the cross. Because on the cross, an exchange took place. An exchange that God made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. It is the message of the cross that will liberate us from sin and deliver us from the works of the flesh. Know this, when Christ died, we died. He didn't die for us. He died as us. Big difference. B.S. Got to get the B.S. right. Christ died. You died. When Christ was buried, you were buried. When Christ came out of the grave, you came out of the grave. Galatians 2.20 It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And receiving that righteousness starts with believing Jesus' mission was accomplished, and it was, and we are righteousness in Christ. You are the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So when I look at you guys, I don't see sinners. I don't see bad. I see saints. Saints of God, which is new covenant thinking. Faith, righteousness, as Christ is woven in every thread of our belief system. Apostle Paul told the church at Colossus to continue in Christ the same way they began in Christ, rooted and grounded in faith. Rooted and grounded in faith. Say that with me. Rooted and grounded in faith. And everything we do in Christ needs to be built on the foundation of faith, righteousness. For no other foundation can man make than Jesus Christ. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9 through 11, 16 through 17. The Bible says we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're, you're the temple. If you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, you believe it. Are you going to put junk in it? Are you going to let the world put junk in you? Answer that question. Your temple. You're the temple. What kind of food are you going to put in there? Junk food? Fast food? What are you going to put in? It's your responsibility, it's not mine. I can't tell you what to do. It's your responsibility. See, all things must be built on faith righteousness. Healing is God's promise to us. But if it's not on the foundation of faith righteousness, it too will collapse. All the promises of God are true, yet they all must stand on the foundation of Jesus as our righteousness. Faith righteousness. Amen and amen. The great exchange. Amen. I'm done. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my
cause our spirits to rise up and walk and fulfill the calls and the destinies you have over our lives, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are a good Father and you hear and you answer our prayers. We thank you, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that you blow our minds as we <laughs> blow our minds, Lord. Blow up our BS, Lord, the wrong BS. We receive it, Lord. Lord, we will pursue you in the word, Lord. We will continue to pursue you in your word. That it would grow deep inside of us, God. And it would just we'd be able to walk in that reality more and more and more each day. And Lord, I just bless your people. Thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon them. They will go out, Lord. And that everything their hand touches, Father, that it would prosper. Lord, we thank you. We call in the wealth of the nation for the children of the Lord. Lord, we receive, Lord, all that you have for us. This upcoming week, Lord, spirit, soul, body, every part of our life, we say yes, Lord. We surrender. We thank you, Lord, Lord. We thank you for divine intervention. We thank you for healing. We thank you for open doors, restored families, restored marriages. We thank you for the foundation of the kingdom of God to be established in our lives.
blessed this week.